Welcome back to Talking Baseball. It's the voicemail episode. You guys called in. We'll be answering. Let's do it. Let's have some fun. What's going on, everybody? How are you doing? Welcome back to Talking Baseball. My name's Jimmy. Sitting next to me is Jake in California. We got Trev behind the dish, BBD. We're coming to you live from the Roosevelt Studios here in the Bronx. That's R-S-V-L-T-S. 20% off if you use code JOMBOY. They got shirts, they got hats, they got masks, swimming trunks, shoes, jackets, sweatshirts, Mm. tons of stuff. Trevor, how are you doing? Couldn't be better. Okay. You know, we talked earlier today. Um, got a new gopher in town. I know a lot of people are, are always asking me, how's the gopher situation going? It was good for a couple of weeks. Got a new one in, but traps are set. And I suspect by the end of the day, I'll have a, a little critter in my capture. That's, that's very exciting for you. Is it 120 degrees by you? It is not. Um, currently, we're sitting around the 90 area, oh. but it's very windy, so it's kind of like that brush fire type of weather. It's not good. California needs some help right now. Yeah, not good. Jake, how are you? I'm Speaking good. Speaking of a guy I, who needs help. Mm. I got my Roosevelt shirt on. Shout out, Rosie's. Uh, Serena just took the second set. Need to get this off my computer screen. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, sports are hot in the streets right now. NBA, tennis, baseball, football coming back. Holy Toledums. But baseball is nuts, man. I mean, that graphic keeps popping up of the AL wild card, and it's like the Yankees and then all the teams everyone expected to be terrible. <laughs> it's like Mariners, Tigers, Orioles. So that's always a nice jab to us us Yankee fans, and we deserve it right now. I, the uh, the Grinky quote for the Astros and the parallels between the the Astros and the Yankees are pretty comical, but you know they're either gonna make the playoffs because half the league makes the playoffs, or they're gonna continue to play bad and not deserve to make the playoffs. So that's kind of what's been spinning around here. But yeah, it's uh we keep saying it in the pregame show, but we're past the two thirds point. So like the teams we keep wanting to give NL central teams love. Cause they have talent, the reds and the brewers, and we keep poo pooing the tigers, the Orioles, and now the Mariners, the giants, like we, it's time to just give those teams the love. Cause the I, other teams I just, don't get, I it. get what you're saying and I appreciate yeah. it, but I also disagree. Okay. I think the expanded playoffs is just warping our brain where we wouldn't care about any of these teams. In a normal year, but it ain't normal. In a three game, a three game set, Big Daddy. Whoo! Can we? You better be you know happy what I haven't done? A, a, a big expanded playoff thing. The Yankees will be done. I know. That's what I want to look at right now. What would the playoffs look like without expanded rosters? Right now, Rays would be in. White Sox would be in. Oakland would be in. Right. And the wild card game would be Blue Jays versus Indians. Blue Jays are better than Minnesota right now? No, they're not. So it'd be an all AL Central wild card. Yeah, it, it'd be uh, Twins and Indians. Twins are seven, 27 and 18 as we are recording this on yeah, yeah, Wednesday, yeah, yeah, yeah. and yes, the Blue Jays are 24 and 18. So that, that's a game and a half up. 
too wild card team. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Yeah. Rays. No Houston, so, no Yankees. No Houston, no Yankees. That's why they did this. Yeah. Curious how it would set up because you can't always put your number one in that wild card game on a re- in a regular season, especially if you're fighting for something. Right. Well, you know, in who, the, would it, in the, who would the matchup be? It'd, be? it'd be pretty interesting to see if they got a Bieber, Maeda, Bieber, Berrios, or Berrios. In the NL, it would be the Braves, the Cubs, the Dodgers, and the Padres. The Padres would normally be the team that gets screwed because they'd be clearly the best wild card team. Yeah, and they'd be facing the Phillies. Phillies. Wow. Yeah. Wowza. Pretty crazy, fun, man. Yeah, It'd be fun. And I wonder what the, what the races would be. I'm not sure. But. So look, I mean, if you're if you're if you're looking at that, the second wild card team in the AL is 27 and 18, and the Yankees right now are sitting at 500. It's why they expanded. It's why they expanded. I mean, we we got confident that you know the cream rises to the top, but baseball is a silly sport. And it just doesn't always work like that. And that's why they expanded. That's why I was hoping they'd expand because, honestly, we'll see what it looks like when the three gamers get here. But, you know, I I want Houston and the Yankees to be in there because I think they're two of the top teams in the AL. I mean, who just got left out on the NL side there? I guess the Cardinals right now. Um, I mean, yeah, Cardinals. And then the, rest is, <laughs> the rest is just <laughs> chaos. That's like, why I'm saying about the yeah. NL. Like, the yeah. rest is bad. Like I, I, they're gonna, they're fighting for that eight spot. But I mean, the AL is the same thing. Rest is bad, but again, three game set and then a five gamer. It fits this season. It fits this season, and I'm, I'm interested to see if the three gamers get crazy. That means the matchups for the five gamers are going to be nuts. And then it's who are the Dodgers playing? The Marlins? What if they did it the way I wanted them to do it? The six. Yeah, what if I'm trying to find it? Remind us how you wanted it. I don't want the the second place in division to be the automatic Auto. four, uh, four, five, six seed. So I want, you want the just, best record. I want it to be the, the three division winners, and then just the best record from there on out. I think it'd be pretty much. I think it it might be similar. Yeah. The AL the the AL Central is the only thing that screws it up. The seventh seed is going to be the third AL Central team, and that's going to be a really good ball. The team. Twins are the seventh seed right now, and they would be the five. Seed. So the the two seed is kind of going to get screwed. Yes, if the Twins land at the seventh seed, the two the two seed gets screwed. That's why the Yanks stopped winning. They yeah. didn't want to risk being that two seed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, they couldn't because the Rays they would have to yeah beat the Rays. Stink. All right, let's go to the voicemails. Here's the first one. Hey, John Boy. I'm Daniel from San Diego. And uh, my opinion on Jake is irrelevant, honestly. But I want not only to talk about Fernando Tatis and Manny Machado, who is slowly and silently building a solid MVP case, but the real success of the Padres is from two different daddies. We have Jake Cronenworth, NL Rookie of the Year, and the number one daddy, Will Myers. Will Myers mm. has completely turned it around, changed his batting stance. I think it's from Jace. I don't fuck with weak ass shit, Tingler. And Will Myers and Jake Cronenworth, and along with Trent Grisham and some of those other little pickups they added, are the real reason that the Padres are doing so well. One through nine, their order is stacked and it's solid. 
And for the first time ever, I'm excited about Padres baseball. Go Dads. I changed my opinion. Jake sucks. Trev, were you listening? I was listening. I'm kind of looking to see who should really get credit because it's not Jace Tingler. Okay. So you know, Jake didn't looking, have his headphones, and I was distracted by. We're talking about the, the Padres and who deserves. He was saying credit. Cronenworth and Will Myers. You know, Cronenworth doing what he's doing. He's looked incredible, rookie of the year type year. I don't know if he's going to get it or what. Um, and then he went on to say Will Myers changed the batting stance and Jace Tingler deserves credit, which is absolute bullshit. <laughs> like mm. Tingler has nothing to do with the hitting. So with Will, since he's in the big leagues, I assume that this is a big league hitting coach thing. You have Damian Easley as Ooh, the hitting coach. Really? Old Tiger slugger, Damian Easley. Wow. They have a pretty good staff on here. Wayne Kirby comes over from the Orioles, goes over to Slam Diego. He's a big clubhouse presence. Uh, I'm sure he's keeping the guys sharp and loose. And then another guy that I love that's over there, I didn't know this, was Bobby Dickerson. Mm. One of the better infield coaches in the game. I had him uh, when I was in Philly for a little bit. Uh, a guy that's helped everybody out immensely. But as far as who... Deserves some credits. Number one is the players. Cronenworth coming up here and just doing it in his rookie year. Will Myers realizing he needs an adjustment. I mean, both these guys are killing it. And, uh, yeah, Damian Easy. Got to give him, I think, the real credit here. I agree with the caller. Will Myers isn't getting shouted out or being part no. of this. What, you guys did on Wake and Jake? Wake and Jake this morning. Well, Will Myers Second highest OPS plus on the team. I mean, he's got a 297 batting average and a 973 OPS with 11 home runs. I talk about baseball all day, every day, and that hasn't come across my my brain yet, so I guess my fault as well. I've seen him doing it, and I think it's just more like, it's about time, Will. Like, this is the guy who he can be. Like This is the guy who he was, and it gets kind of shipped off to, uh, to San Diego, doesn't perform. He gets the contract early on in his career. Um but this is the guy he can be. I mean, he's always been a hitter. And I think maybe it's just this right mix of guys together and the fact that he doesn't have to be the guy. I think a lot of times that helps players out. You know, you got Tatis in the spotlight, Machado in the spotlight, even Paddock and Cronin were some of the younger guys. And he can just go out and hit. And he's complimented by a good lineup. I know analytics hates that. We talk about that all the time. But when you're mm. surrounded by guys, we, you know, rising tide rises all, or raises all ships. So... You know, credit to him. He's, like you said, Jim, second best OPS plus on the team, only behind maybe the best player in baseball now, Fernando Tatis Jr. Um, but we love the Padres. If you boys don't mind, I'm going to sink my teeth into this one. Okay. Let me start with Padres owner Ron Fowler. Quote, at the end of the 2019 season, heads will roll if this team doesn't win in 2020. All right, mm -hmm. Disco Ron. Let it hang out there. And Ron went out and paid that Machado contract, man. The San Diego Padres, they paid that Machado contract, and then at the deadline, they also get permission to go get Clevenger, and he's getting paid some money too. And we've heard that there were teams that didn't want to make any money moves, especially within this move. So shout out to Disco Ron Fowler for opening up the wallet. Who did Disco Ron Fowler sign? To run his team. A.J. Preller, man, and his moves have paid off. Trent Grisham, who was a piece in that trade, has been lights out this year. A lefty bat to help 
uh, balance that lineup. He has an 835 OPS this year. Coming down a little bit, but a one and a half war, really good. And then Cronenworth, like you mentioned, Trev, I mean, he was supposed to be a throw-in in the Tommy Pham deal. Tommy Pham's been out. He was throwing the other day. He's been an impact player. Um, supposed to be a two-way guy. I wonder if we ever see him on the bump. Uh, and we'll see if Tommy Pham can come back and impact this team. Zach Davies, also in the Brewers trade, has been lights out. So Preller, as the GM, deserves a lot of credit. And the only other thing I'll say about Jace Tingler, where Trev, you're right, he doesn't deserve a ton of credit. But going back to the incident, the Tatis home run, Tingler came back the next day, walked it back, apologized, defend your guy. Texas since then, I think as of yesterday, they were 3-17 and since home run gate. So, um, you know, I can only say so much stuff about the swings because the other guy that needs to be mentioned with Will Myers, Eric Hosmer. Young Haas is balling out. Um, and I guess he embraced some analytics which he fought throughout the years. So I don't know if that was Damian Easley. I don't know who that was in the organization. But uh, I think top-down owner to the players, uh, you can point at a lot of things that have helped made the Padres the Padres. Yeah, I'm not saying Jace Tingler is bad for the team or anything like that. In fact, I've talked to some of the guys and they really like him. I've had positive experiences with them as well. But yeah, I mean, we got we got to talk about the guys that are developing these players. So the hitting coordinator, and then you know the guys that are in the cages, in the trenches every day. Those are the guys that deserve the credit. You know, if they make adjustments, it's really never the manager that's doing that. Um, and like you said, you know, Jace handled that situation poorly at first, but then he kind of he figured it out. He got he got pushed in the right direction rather hard and quick. <laughs> yeah, quickly too. Yeah, <laughs> he had to. Quick. All right. Unless, yeah. hey, uh, I saw someone in the chat shout out Nate Steele. Hosmer might be out for yes. the rest or a chunk of this with the broken finger trying to bunt. But I guess what? They also got Mitch Moreland at the deadline. So I don't know if that's Preller, the owner, or whoever, but you, you got a pretty nice plug and play guy that you got at the deadline. I mean, it looks like a genius move now. I mean, he hasn't been very good this year, but we know what Mitch can do. But, yeah, Haas, man, that's, that's a big loss for them, man. Just even yeah. the vibe. You know, that's what Haas does, man. He throws the vibe mm. out. So Speaking of vibes, let's talk about umpires. Mm. What's up, fellas? I was just watching the podcast. Hey, John Boy. I'm Daniel happened. from San Diego. There's Rockies game last night, and the umping was just horrendous. The strike zone was all over the place. I uh, saw a few players get just totally screwed by calls that were called strikes when they shouldn't have been or were clearly over the plate and called balls. Uh, and then, of course, the commentators start talking about just taking the ump completely out of the game. Just wanted to get your guys' thoughts on why you think the umping is especially bad this season and if you think it's going to carry over into the postseason. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Jake sucks. See ya. Dang. I, I mean, has the ump has the umping been necessarily worse? Get this call any season. I, I think, think every season you say, "Wow, the umping has gotten really bad this year." Uh, there's bad umps out there. There's good umps out there. I don't know. Base running's been bad. You like robo umps, Trev? We we're a pro ump pod. At least we have been uh, lately. I go back and forth and. Every time I start talking about the game of baseball, all I can think of is don't be a boomer, don't be a boomer, don't be a boomer. Again, I'm kind of a boomer on this. I like 
the human element. Mm. I like it. I, I like the interaction. Uh, the one thing I will say is it would be cool <laughs> as like a hitter or a team to have some sort of like pitch challenge flag. If you get rung up on a horse shit strike three call and you could be like, nah, sorry, you know, CB, here's my red flag. We're going to challenge that one. I think that'd be cool. Do you know because uh, when you're striking out in a big time situation and it's a shit call, you pissed, man. Gets real tricky there. Um, if they can do balls and strikes via robots eventually, if they can perfect it, it's not it's not perfected what they tried. I would not be against it. Um, I I think the umping's been the same as it always is. Like you know, when it's bad, you notice it. When it's not bad, it's like soundtracks and scores and movies. You, you know, you do you, do you think they could implement uh, an appeal like where we get together and we say, "Hey, you get to appeal two balls and strikes a game." It's just with the yes. eye test. It's with the overhead cam and with. Do you think that could kind of work? No. Okay. I think yeah, it could. I think if you it's a judgment them. call, like if it's a high or low call, like that depends on how the batter like the the rule is like when the batter's ready to swing so it's not him standing still it's like there's so many trinkets to like yeah. actually figure out Dude, they already out have what- that technology though you can go and look if the guy's missed a pitch or not it's and it's and it's uh instant so like if you i think having unlimited challenges doesn't work but if you did have one or two and like you're like dude big big part of the game i could get that pitch back if you I have that cool. Just use it for every pitch. I see no reason to half-ass that. Well, that's and I think it would that's slow the, the game down way too much if you had it every pitch. I, no, I, I'm saying if you have the ability, he's he went. If you have, if you're going to actually use the technology to check the pitches, that would take just too long. use it. And if just it if it was that good, use it. But I I do think there's a world where you could use it now, and I don't want to compare it to the NFL pass interference rule because they basically Oof. implemented it and then said we're <laughs> we're gonna shove it up your guys' butt. Like it's, it's not a real thing. But I do think you're right. I think what teams would need to know what you can actually peel. It would have to be really low to the point that you could look at it and be like, yeah, that's a low pitch. But with the plate in that overhead camera, you can I see. think you can do if there's a gap there. Um, so I think if teams knew that appeal system, because it, it just is a really uh, – Trev, I agree with you, and I love the human nature, but, man, when that 1-1 one, one pitch is, is off the plate and gets called a strike and instead of 2-1, you're 1-2. I mean, with the, with the way modern way baseball is played, I mean, that's, that can be the difference in a game so easily. Because then one two count, you're getting basically three sliders. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's a all big or difference. You have the technology and you use it every pitch, or you don't. I, I, you know. But I have an interesting question. Michael K on Yes Network, there was a play where someone slid into third. They came off the base slightly, mm. and in between, like their foot hitting it and then their butt landing on it, the glove stayed on. So they reversed the call and called him out. Which I think everyone agrees not in the spirit of replay, but an unaffected consequence of using replay. Michael K said when they review it, they should not be able to use slow-mo replays, just live time. Mm -hmm. That'll fix all the bang-bangs that get wrong, like all the really egregious missed calls. 
but then you wouldn't have the unaffected consequences. I don't know if I like it or dislike it, but I definitely thought it was an interesting thought process that I hadn't thought of. I don't like it. I, I mean, I don't like the whole keep your tag on the guy and if he inches off the base after he slides through it, he's out thing because that puts if you if you try to stop on the base as like a base runner, you're gonna get hurt, dude. Like that shit happens where you kind of go past the base. Uh, I think that's like you said, that's an unat- uh, what did you call it? Unattended consequence. Unattended consequence. Tough word. Intended. For me. Tough. Intended. Unintended. Unintentional consequence. Unintentional. Uh, I don't like that part of it. But if you're, I mean, I don't. Know, I go back and forth on this all the time. I love the spirit of the game. I want the calls right. But mainly, I think uh, if I was in charge of this, it'd just be big situations. And I don't know how you trim that down. Like two strikes, something like that. I don't know, man. It's it's hard. That's why there hasn't been. <laughs> That's why there isn't one. Replay's yeah. weird. I hate that. I hate that the call on the field holds weight. Right. Like, oh, it has to be really bad. To It has to be really like, what's the word? Yeah. Uh, has to be to overturn it. To overturn it. Like, really, circ- there's a word they always use. I'm blanking Substantial out. evidence. So yeah, really substantial or- to overturn it. Why? Right. We're calling his call into question. So why <laughs> would it hold any weight into the decision yeah. when that's the very thing? It's the where, human element. Like, there was the home run with the Cubs. Joe West. Joe West. in Not the Cubs. The Astros. Um, Astros Mookie. Uh, with Mookie. And Joe West called it a home run. But then Joe West said, you know what? I want to review this right. because I don't believe my own call. I don't have faith <laughs> in my own call. And then it got upheld right. because there wasn't enough evidence to overturn the call that Joe West himself said, I don't have any faith in this. Can yeah. we get help me out here? Like, why would that hold any weight? That makes sense to me that the umpire's call holds weight. You know, it's like saying like I didn't kill him and like well let's let's go to the evidence like okay well you know we have to believe him cuz he said he didn't do it. It's like well why would that hold weight when that's the very thing in question? I've never understood that. It's weird. I don't know, man. I don't think I again I don't think there's a perfect solution to that cuz then what do you say? Just make a new call? Just make a new call and say from the video we watched but, this is the call. But if it's close enough, then I think like fan bases would just get outraged. They like do at already. least you, at least you have that. a rule, you know. Well, they do already. Like though. if we can't tell, but how many times do we get stays. upset by that rule? Oh yeah, I mean it sucks, but I just don't think whenever, there's a better answer. Whenever they say uh, the call on the field stands, people are pissed. Yeah. yeah. Like if it's, yeah. if they say confirmed or overturned, yep. great. Yeah. But when it stands, you're just like that pisses you yeah. off so much. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Next uh, next voicemail. Hey, Robert from Kansas City. Forgot this other message over a minute, so here you go. Your boy, Luke Voigt, was once my boy at No State, Mo State, hashtag Missouri State in Springfield, Missouri. Catcher. Now he's in the show, hitting home runs. No big deal. Uh, also, you know, who came from Missouri State, hitting home runs. Ryan Howard, will Luke Voigt have more home runs than Ryan Howard by the end of his career? Who knows? What's the over-under? What do you think? See ya. No. No. What would Howard finish with? A lot. I would say it's in the threes. Yeah. 382. You want to look at some money, go look at Ryan Howard's salary page. 
Yeah. Voight didn't start getting everyday play until he was 27 years old, 28 years old. Yeah. Until he was 27 years old, he's had one full season. Yeah. And he missed like a month of that hurt. Now another COVID year in his prime. Now he's got a COVID <laughs> year in his prime. So like his next full season will be at 30. When did Howard start? Like 24? I mean, 26 was kind of his first full year. So Howard? He would have been earlier, but they had a guy named Jim Tomey in front and of him. By the way, I mean, he was the fastest MLB player ever to 100 home runs because in his third season slash his first Second. full season, he hit 58 yackers. He had 22 um, at 25. So, I mean, <clears throat> he had... Luke Voigt has 54 career. Ryan Howard had that in his first full season. Ryan Howard had 127 home runs by the time he was, before he was 28. I mean, this isn't even a question. I appreciate that. What's the spread on it? What's the final spread? 382. What's Luke Luke Voigt's number? If Luke Voigt hits over 150 home runs, I'll be shocked. Yeah, I was going to say like 125. I I was going to say 120. Yeah, yeah. Ryan Howard with a career 180. Mill. Mm. I mean, Howard had a 58, 47, 48, 45, 31, 33 stretch. That's here. Not going to so find. Not going to find. <laughs> not going to find a lot of better four-year stretches. And I wonder, hey, how about a little AL love here? What if he was an AL guy and could have just DH? Does his body stay a little healthier? Who knows? Who knows? I don't. I don't. His career war would have been a lot better. Voight is very good. Not knocking him. It's just hard to do, bro. You're Later in life, yeah. Homers, dude. I mean, how many people? I saw uh, Trout got to 300 homers. Yeah. And there's only 140 people ever in the game to do that. So, like, come on, man. How about that? Ryan Howard has more home runs than Mike Trout, and will have more home runs than Mike Trout for the next three years. So what's Howard at three? What three eighty two? And Trout just at three hundred? Yeah, Trout's not like a huge. No, he's thirty guy. next year. 30, no, but he's 30 just great. Year, thirty a year, thirty a year, thirty a year. The guys that hit those six hundred mark and all that have have the years that are like 40, 50. 50, 60, You know, they got to have a few of those years mixed in. So can we yeah. dream? But can we do our thirty second dream about thick boy DH Trout? Because that always gets me going. He's already thick. Oh my god! Oh, <laughs> just wait. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he. Let's do that real quick. Over under Mike Trout career home runs. What? How old is he right now? Thirty. Trout. He's, he's just. He's just under thirty. He's just under thirty. He's under contract for what? Twelve. I have him hitting two hundred more. Okay, so you haven't gotten into the fives. I kind of agree with that. I got. I five, don't know about the sixes. Five twenty-five. Sixes will be very tough. He has thick boy Mike Trout might turn into more of a home run hitter. How many years does he have left? Like a lot, right? Eight. I mean, his contract is for a while. Signed through twenty thirty. So he's got okay. So. Ten more years. Ten more years making 37 mil. His bank account might be okay, Trev. I know you I like a good daddy. Up, you love, love a good daddy. That up, dude. That's like freaking stupid money, bro. That's <laughs> nuts. <laughs> All right, next. Hey, guys, it's Sam again. I've got 
um, a story that I've been wanting to talk about for a while, I, but nobody's called in about it yet. So I thought I would talk about it. And that is the Brewers bullpen with the emergence of Devin Williams. Hader hasn't given up a hit this year so still. Knable uh, is going to be coming back soon. Peralta's been unreal out of the bullpen. For the most part, he has a couple blow-ups, but going back to last year, he's been a lot better as a reliever than a starter. So the pressure really goes to the starting pitchers because if you can get a good six out of Woodruff, six out of Corbin Burns, six out of Hauser, that's a pretty good recipe for a game with all the good arms at the back of the pen. All right, take care. Bye. Hater has given up a hit as we're recording this. It's 11.2 innings pitched with two hits, which is still pretty good. Devin Williams has almost half the whip of Hater because of the walks. So, Is J.P. Fireisen getting innings for them? 6.1. He's in the book, in the, in the bushes. I had a bomb off that guy. Like that. Whew. Uh, I, I, I like the question. We're, we're counting on the brew crew. Jake made a rule this morning that we couldn't talk about NL Central teams any longer, but yeah. I can't quit them, man. Like I keep saying, this is a team that does it every dang year. Um, I mean, your three, would if they somehow – I mean, they need any offense. Yelich needs to go – Yelich has an 811 OPS. Hura's second with 785. Like, those are the two guys that are above league average, and Yelly's having one of his worst, like, career years. Um, if they can figure it out on offense, again, I'm trying to go three-game set mode with the Brewers. Woodruff, Burns, Hauser, and then Devin Williams, Hayter. Right? You could scare a team, but I don't know, Brewers. I got, I got nothing until you start winning games. Second highest strikeout, nine innings on the Brewers. Hayter's one, obviously. Yeah. Yeah, any guesses? Teams? No, the second highest strikeout nine pitcher on the Brewers. So it's not mm-hmm. Williams? I don't know. Freddie Peralta. 16.5. Devin Williams is 18.5. I meant, I'm sorry, I meant besides Williams. Gotcha. Not besides Hayter. Gotcha. Because you had just said it. <laughs> so yeah, Peralta Wouldn't have guessed that Cool. Phelps was there, they got rid of him This is young Freddy Peralta Weren't there two Peraltas Or did I dream that? He's 24 There was Willie Peralta Who was good for the Brewers, this is Freddy and You know who's, who's really affected This season Who's that, Trev? For the Brew Crew Say it. Lorenzo Kane, man yeah, him not being there—that's that's a hole that you know. I don't think he had a great year last year, but he's still a guy in that lineup. And when you just have a hole that you can't plug, you know, you're gonna get the leaks. So I think they—I think they definitely miss him. Because I'm looking at their lineup, man. It just doesn't seem like there was a ton to start with. Yeah, and then you take a guy like Kane out, and it kind of hurts. So who who is there? Three Hauser, Burns, Anderson. Is there one, two, three? Uh. Woodruff. Woodruff. Woodruff's probably the one. Why doesn't he come up on here? The way I have it sorted. He missed starts. So then... And nine starts. 
Lorenzo Cain's got a sneaky war too. Yeah. I don't like their their starters. Um, I think Woodruff's Woodruff's good. He's and he's been in the playoffs the past couple of years. Corbin Burns is having Corbin kind of Burns. a special season. Yeah, that's I mean, kind of under the radar. No, Corbin but Burns. But I'm I was trying to link it to the bullpen because yeah. I mean Hader and De- Hader and Devin Williams right now is that four innings? Can Devin give you two? Yeah, you're gonna have to burn these guys out to get to the playoffs. Yeah, so I don't like hit. I mean, they burn Hader out every year. Yeah, it's <laughs> their move. Next. Braun, get hot. Hey, Trev, John Boy, Jake. This is Hunter from Valdosta, Georgia, Braves country. And I just want to say congratulate Acuna on winning a World Series when he joins the Yankees when his contract is up. Because that'll be his first one because Brian Snicker is the worst manager in Major League Baseball. The other day in a doubleheader, he used our two best relievers in a six-run lead game. And then the, the nightcap game, he used – our rookie reliever in a one-run deficit. And then whenever it was a three-run deficit, he had a position player relieving. I'm just tired of the Brian Snicker experience, and I hope y'all see what our pain as Braves fans has been for the last two years. We'll never win a World Series with Brian Snicker as manager. Thanks, guys. So this is what I was talking about when you were saying Snit. Like, what was that, pregame show or last episode? I don't know what it was. Snitstone, weird stuff. Like, that's so weird. He had a six-run lead and a doubleheader and burnt out his two top relievers <laughs> and then brought a position player in in a three-run lead. Yeah. I mean, it sounds... Can I, can I, can I, I, please, Trevor. Let me go. Okay, we're talking about Snicker. That sounds like a really stupid move. I, I, I get that. We're talking about the 2018 Manager of the Year. Mm. The 2019 Runner-Up, Runner-Up, third in Manager of the Year. The guy's got a 42-24, and 24, or excuse me, a, um, with the Braves. I thought that was his Braves. I don't know what his record is with the Braves. I guarantee it's good. They're in first place. Like, Just relax a little bit. You know, cut... Cut him some slack. I don't think we need to run him out of town so you're not going to win a World Series with them. Well, that's hyperbole, but it's a very weird, dude. That's a, one, that's a weird thing to do. They had He's bases, been very they good had, as the manager. They had bases loaded with a three-run lead. Or no, they had bases loaded. They were down three runs. Down three runs, bases loaded. He brought in Culberson to pitch to Trey Turner. DFA'd him. Um. Yeah, I can't defend that too much. My only logic there is that they came into the doubleheader saying, let's get a win. Let's get one. And so they use their guys. And again, kind of that ties to what Trevor's saying. They're in first place, and no one's really nipping at them. I think this is one of many because there's like videos and stuff that goes back. I was reading into well, that. I, I think it probably ties into, you know, we see this frustration with the Yankees is that I think the Braves are building up for October. This is a team that has World Series dreams. And by the way, they've been playing pretty well while they've been missing guys for significant pieces of time. Um, Albies comes back today. Um, Fulty's been out. You know, Max Freed just went down. Other than that, he's been, you know, was a Cy Young candidate, so Snit doesn't get any credit for that. Um, what's his name? Acuna was out for a while. So, I, I don't know, man. Like, this team started off 11-10 and 10. since then. Um, they are quick math twenty four and eighteen, so that's thirteen 
and eight. And that's while they've been missing guys, and that's be losing four out of their last five. So, like you've said, Braves, Braves country has been kind of in our in our messages. Like the ship is falling. Oh my god, you lost four out of five. Guess what? Every good team in baseball has this year, except yeah. the Dodgers. I think it's two isolated things. Snitker's bullpen management's bizarre. Right, but I mean, how he much do you think that's said, him and the people talking in his ear? You know, whoever. That's whenever you talk about managers, you're talking about the whole front office, right? With everyone, that call sounded like the manager. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's just. Let's All right. So Snicker said. Snicker said. I had more research on this. Snicker said in interviews multiple times he will never use one of their top end relievers when they're behind. Boone did that in 2018 because I think that's what the analytic yeah. nerds try to tell you. That's awful. It's it it's terrible to your team, Trev, if you're the offense and you're down one run in the late innings and they refuse to bring in a top-tier guy to hold it there and let the offense come back and they bring in the fourth guy or the fifth guy out of the bullpen and now you're down four runs pretty quick because you don't believe in your offense to come back. Like Boone, they did that. So him going out on record and saying that, I would be very frustrated if I was a Braves fan as well with all of these bullpen moves. I think their frustration is warranted pretty easily. You shouldn't expect any of your relievers to go in and give it runs, no matter if it's a fourth guy out of the pen, the fifth guy out of the pen. I don't necessarily love that rule either. Um, it's definitely, that's a feel thing. And guess what? A lot of the feel has been taken out of the manager's hands. But the Braves are 99.5% to make the postseason. And they're the second, they have the second best odds to win the World Series behind only the Dodgers. So, like, let's just all relax a little bit down in Braves country. You probably all don't like me yet. You will because that's mm. what happens to Southern people. We talked about right. that. The Braves are just fine. 18 games left. If, if, they, if they went 11-7, and seven, I think you might get another runner-up, runner-up for manager of the year, too. So He discussed this. Yeah, what did he say about the Culberson move? Because that's interesting to me. So many games is because those guys have had to pitch a lot. And, and you know, if, if they're probably get, get to be a point down the road where, you know, we get like that. And, and um, but there's a lot of guys that threw yesterday that would lose tomorrow if we pitched them behind in the game. You know, when we get caught up a little bit, I think that won't be the case. It will be. We're trying to keep the game there. But right now we're not in that position. Sounds like he's got guys on a schedule. Like he's got yeah. trying to build them up. At some point in time, you, you knew that you know the starters not going five or you know making early exits would have an effect on that bullpen. Is this one of those points where it might be happening and you're you know you're having to react and maybe protect against it? You know? Yeah, no, it's it's definitely that. That's kind of that's one of the reasons why you know these guys we we did a like I said did a real good job. But you know when you know if we're we got guys we're going to use when we're ahead. We start using when we're behind, and you know it's going to be tough to you know because we, we've had some four and five game winning streaks. In order to do that, there somebody else is going to have to pick up the slack when we're down, so we can use those guys to to, um, to do that again. Yeah, everything he's saying is the same thing the Yankees do, and I hate it that the Yankees do it as well. So I'm with you, Braves fans. My last defensive snit is, can you guys name the Braves' starting rotation right now? Hmm. I was going to look. I'm not going to look. Freed's out. Freed's currently out. That's really tough. Um. Well, all the guys from, like, the five that were supposed to start the season are not there. 
Is Newcastle I know, doing it? I, Ian Anderson, I know him. Ian Anderson's Anderson, the new yeah, guy. Yeah, the rookie. Yeah, yeah. Ian Anderson's the rookie, uh, currently uh, listed as their two starter. Tukey. Tukey's down at the site. They currently their fifth starter is TBD. I'm assuming that's going to be Tukey, Newcomb, or Fulty, who we forgot DFA'd earlier this year. Yeah, yeah but Fulty's not back, right? Their current four are Josh Tomlin, Ian Anderson, Kyle Wright, and friend of the pod, Tommy Millwan. Oh, yeah, Tommy Millwan. I so can't believe I missed Tommy. So that's four starters. So I wouldn't be too surprised if that bullpen is getting worked. And like Jimmy says, it is frustrating if they're on that schedule, but they're building up for something bigger. So they're not going to probably pitch guys three days in a row and do things like that. So it is frustrating seeing Char- Charlie Culberson come into Doubleheader five-run game. game, try to get some outs there. You'd like to think so. But, again, they're probably saying let's split today and rest rest the bullpen. But that's what I'm saying that they probably it's made frustrating. A, that's what the Yankees do. They make a plan. Yeah. And it's like, well, we're, you know, if we have a lead, we're going to use our good guys to keep the lead. Well, it's a five-run lead, and you got a couple innings. So maybe pivot and try to get an inning out of this guy and have those guys on deck if it becomes a four-run lead or, th- you know, but whatever. Yeah. So I get it. It's frustrating. I don't think I mean, I don't think it's in Dickman on Snit's overall no. managing, but I, and I don't think he's making those decisions. So how would, how did they have the second best chance to win the World Series? Doesn't make sense to me, dude. The NL's sloppy. Like we're. Oh, we keep is doing that what these. It is? Like they just have the chance to make it. Dude, the the N- nobody else in the NL East has stepped up. We've had a beat up Braves team running the NL East for a while. The Central, the Cubs had one hot streak, and that kept them on top of the ugly NL Central. It's the Dodgers. It's the Dodgers and the Padres. Actually, the Padres deserve some. Well, they get love. <laughs> yeah. All right, last voicemail of the show. Hey guys, new listener and absolutely loving the show, especially in this rapid-fire season where everything matters more. This year I've been heavily following three teams, and even though I have a clear hierarchy of how much I care about each team, I still get called up sometimes for rooting for too many teams. So my questions are, in your opinion, can you root for too many teams? How many is too many? And if you do root for more than one team, does that make you less of a fan of your original team? And if you're curious, my three teams are the Jays, the Indians, and the Rockies in that order. Whether you answer this or not, love the podcast, keep up the good work, and can't wait for playoffs. Worried about Jim. Those teams he listed yeah. are so eclectic yeah. and so mishmashy. Like, if he was like Dodgers, Padres, Braves, I'd be like, no. You cannot be claiming wins from those three teams right okay. now. The fact that it was Rockies, Braves, Indians is bizarre. Jays? Rockies, Braves, Rockies, Jays, Indians. Rockies, Jays, Indians. Uh, but yes, if you root for two teams, that means you're not a fan of one team. Mm. Like, what if they're AL NL? No, the okay. games play every single night. They're three-hour games. You can't watch every game, so you're just a partial fan of two teams. Just finish, finish that East Coast game. Flip on the West Coast or six hours of baseball. Sure, but it's hard to keep up with a team. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, it depends what you're doing here. Like, if you're a diehard fan, like, are you wearing jerseys? Are you, like, you know, like, screaming and yelling if they have a walk-off? Is your heart on the line? Like, this guy's heart's not on the line with three right. different teams. The way that, the, the way that like, I will lose myself in a Yankees game. Right. And my mood will change right. the next day and the night after after a Yankees game. Like, drastically, to the point where I'm embarrassed about it and I wish it wasn't my life. 
Like, that guy can't be. Because what if the Rockies win, but the Blue Jays, Rockies win in horrifying fashion and the Blue Jays walk off? Like, what's your mood? So that's where I get a little weird. You had them both winning there, which probably means he's in a good All right, but you get what I was trying to say. You get what I was trying to say. Trevor, what are your thoughts? This is a fandom question, kind of. I think I'm going to offend some people here, probably. Yes, perfect. At least he didn't say something stupid like, I'm a Cowboys fan, a Yankees fan, and a Lakers fan. Because you know there's a lot of those people out there, and those people are the worst. So, yeah, like you were saying, Jim, if he was like Yankees, Dodgers, blah, 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 I can't stand this. But I have a friend who's exactly like that. And you ask him, why are you rooting for those teams? And they have no good answer except that they're really not fans of the teams. They just like Mm. to be at the party when those teams win. Like, yeah, I'm rooting for them. I'm rooting for them. It's like when you have a Super Bowl party and all of a sudden there's a certain team that everyone's rooting for. You're "You're not a fan of that team. Like, get out of here. So that's – I, I think AL is okay. That's how I feel about baseball only rooting for the teams. I was a fan of Mahomes when he was at Tech, bro. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, that's the new thing. It's like I'm a LeBron Mahomes. <laughs> yeah. it's like, and I I kind of get that you like elite athletes, but it's also when those just wear a Cleveland jersey. Yeah, when those people then support the team, that gets weird. Um, it, baseball, you're right. There's kind of it's tears of fandoms, tears of teams. You have one team you want to win the World Series. That's kind of it. Yeah, gun to this guy's head, he'll choose a team. I'd, I'd say this if you're – well, not necessarily. So say, you know, people are Orioles fans. Or you're a Red Sox fan this year, and it's just out the window. You're obviously not rooting for the Yankees. But I, I could you pick an AL and NL team to be like, this year I'm doing it? I think so. Are you watching, like – I don't know. I are you watching the DVD? Uh, are you like buying Ooh. the World Series DVD and watching it multiple times for all three teams? Because that's weird. You and can't be. I think we have again. That goes into the different tiers of fandom. Yeah, who's? I don't know. Is See, you don't. Watching? You don't really have subsets of fandom. I don't think they should. You I don't have think your they one exist. team. Yeah. See, I think there are subsets of fandom because people live busy lives and stuff. There's like storylines I'll follow and I'll root for. Sure, but like. Yeah, it's weird to me. You've got <laughs> you've got one team, and you've made a lifestyle <laughs> because of it. So you're kind of you're the outlier on one end of the spectrum, I'd say. Yeah, I just what he says, you know, like what is your night then? Right? If, is he getting crippled? If the, you're if, watching nine the, hours of baseball the, a night? No, but I don't think a fan has to be someone that watches every yeah, game. You're so different. then, so then this guy, when he says I get ridiculed for being a fan of three teams, you just have to accept that. Because <laughs> if you go to a Rockies fan who watches every Rockies fan every night and you try to tell him you're also a Rockies fan, he'll be like, nah, bro, you're not. And he's right. And you're right as well. No, I don't know. I Can don't I know. go over a rule that I have that I think rule. we should just implement for people? Rule. What's that? <clears throat> okay. If you're going to a sporting event, which you know we aren't this year, but eventually we'll be able to go to sporting events again. And say you're going to a baseball game and the Dodgers and the Giants are playing. Mm. Don't wear your Cubs jersey. Ooh. You don't got to wear, like, I get it. It's like, it's your baseball outfit. Don't wear it. Well, do I, the only thing don't I think is person. hats because some people only have, like, one hat. So Don't that, wear your Cubs hat. No, I think if you have a hat, you can wear it. Jersey is a little weird. I mean, when I go to, if I was to go to a Rockies Rangers game right mm. now, if I was in Texas, 
I would root for the Rangers. If I was in Colorado, I would, like at individual games, I'll root for that team for that day because I just want to be part of the fun. But like, I'm not a Rangers fan. As soon as I leave that game, I give a shit. Yeah, I think that's, and if they, that's and if, player. And if they lose, I don't really care. I'm fine with someone doing it, but don't be the provoker. And that's usually who that person is. Like if there's there's yeah. always a Yankees fan at a Red Sox game or a Red Sox fan at a Yankee game when they're not playing each other, who's walking around going, "Oh, you I guys suck!" And it's that. like, no, you would like that. I you would like that. Guy. That like the Red Sox Yankee thing goes beyond baseball. It's like a territory mm. thing and a lifestyle, whatever it is. I almost respect that. But like the random jersey at a random game, it's it's like yeah, I got my baseball outfit on. It's like, bro, grow up. <laughs> Like the, if you're a little kid, go ahead, bro. Like that you have your baseball mm. outfit. Once you pass like six or seven years old, it's time to just not do that anymore. Unless it's a really funny jersey. Like if you have a Tebow Mets jersey, you can wear it mm. wherever you want. I'm just a an all in person. I used to not understand. Like we had a kid that was a diehard. Well, see, Jake, but Jake lives this life, so I don't mean to insult you. It's okay, but uh, you insult me every day, and I like it. Someone was like a it was football and it was a, they were a diehard Subden fan and this was before the internet and I was like how many games do you watch out of the sixteen? He's like well they're not on TV so I, I was like well <laughs> how many do you watch? And he's like well I only watch them on their national TV. I was like so you watch like three out of the sixteen games? The casual fan. No, like, he was like I'm a diehard this fan. I'm like no, you're right. not, man. You watch three. People out of use 16. that word way yeah. too much. That's how you use diehard? Yeah. If you use diehard, you're not a diehard. Depends. I'm a diehard Yankee fan. Jimmy's a diehard. Yeah. yeah. I I I consider. Do you use that word when describing yourself? Yeah. Uh-huh. Never you mind. Pretty depressed when he's got losing. a pretty good case for it. Yeah. You are a diehard. Yeah. Where's Tim Tebow at this year? Is he in the alternate site? Hot. Someone in the Patreon said die soft fans. I always say die easy fan. I'm a die easy New York Football Giants fan. Oof. Like when they're good, I'm interested. When they're being abysmal. I'll casually, I'll go apple picking on that Sunday instead. I also think that if you live somewhere the majority of your life, that's the team you have to root for. Don't pick and choose teams. I hate that shit. Like, root for your team, man. I'm a Seahawks fan, but that's only because there was no football team in L.A. for the majority of my life. That's why Jake said I would, about San Diego. I would be, I would be the Raiders or whoever the fuck else was in L.A., you know, I would Sorry, be that. The chart, no, no, they were never in LA. I mean, they were early. Not a Chargers fan, not a Rams fan. Sorry, guys, I'm a Seahawks fan. You get one Whatever. outlier. One outlier is the rule. Otherwise, you're just a scrambled, scrambled. But I would, yeah. No, but I would be the LA team. Well, you're not, South. Trev. I got bad news because for you. You abandoned LA for years. So why didn't you didn't like the St. Louis Rams? Mm-mm. Tough. Shots fired at L.A. And never Chargers, man. That's ridiculous. <laughs> there you go. Ridiculous. Go San Seahawks. Diego's not L.A. No, but if we're playing like, the local no, game. No, it's not even close, though. Like, I mean, Baltimore's like, closer to New York. Yeah, it'd be like telling you to root for the Orioles or the Red Sox. All right, thinking about it. A lot of Red Sox fans. Oh, thought we lost them right at the end. Fandom's weird. I always, what's, I just have, people always ask me, like, how'd you become a Yankees fan? And I'm blown away by, like, 
that there's some people that like cognitively chose their fan, their team. You know what I mean? Like I did. I had. I don't. I was born into being a Yankees fan. I didn't fucking have a say in the matter. Like I some, think a lot of people are like that, though. Like, oh, Jim, you've got one outlier. What? Boing boing. Yes. The West Bromwich Baggies. Yes, huge Baggies fan. Earth. The Champions League in Europe. Uh, I think they just got bumped up. Did they just go up? Did they win? I think so. I don't know. I am an ironic Baggies fan. Watched two games in my life. Boing, boing. Yeah. I'm at a tough point in my basketball fandom because I'm a Lakers fan. Sure. And as a Lakers fan, obviously you're a Kobe guy. And then there's always a debate when Kobe uh, was playing, Kobe LeBron, um, which I don't know if is a debate really anymore. Oh. Oh, he's gone. Ostrov. Yeah. Tried, Josh, to, tried to make this talking basketball, so he's out. Josh Orak with an interesting point in the chat. Maybe it's just interesting because this allows my Broncos, but if you pick a team under the age of 12 and you stick with them, that's kind of something, right? Yeah, that's fine. If you do it in your youth and then you ride it out? Yeah. Okay. It's just all different levels of fandom. Yeah. I'm a die-easy New York Giants fan. I am a playoff fake Sharks fan, oh. and I'm a 100%. Like, I wouldn't celebrate it. I wouldn't super yeah. celebrate a Sharks win, yeah. but I will watch and root for them in the game time and then never think about them in between the whistle. Right. And then I'm an ironic Baggies fan. Boing, boing. Boing, boing. They got rid of all the players I knew. Tough. Well, they got Who was their star striker? Saito. Saito. Barahina. Yeah. Barahito. You got a DUI, I think. Deep dive. Yeah, they're back in the Premier League. So you're back. I'm back. Big, yeah. big time. When does the next uh, EPL start? Oh, sure. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> big All right. time. Uh, Trev's out. He's gone. <laughs> Go That's, forgot him. Yeah, that was the last voicemail anyway. Gophers so, won. Goodbye. Farewell. So long. Thank you for hanging out with us. Appreciate you. 